Welcome to Nat Geo's first ever scripted drama. They're not playing around. They got Jeffrey Rush. They got Ron Howard. And I think they hit it out of the park. Tell us what you think in the chat. Hit us up on iTunes. We'll be right back. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey, and welcome. What an exciting day. Nat Geo ventures into scripted television, which means the History Channel comes back to us in a very strange way. Uh, maybe a new learning channel. It's very exciting. Completely. Great TV about history is here. Uh, and I'm really excited. I'm Joel Smith. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. And this is my lovely panel. Uh, so I'm, my name is Elizabeth Alfano and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dinnerpartychgo. And if you want more info, you can go to thedinnerparty.tv. So what I thought was so great about this is you're saying, you know, history's come back. But to me, it's it touches on every aspect of life. So you've got war, you've got sex, you've got politics, you've got some tripped out hair. I mean, it really covers everything. Uh, I'm a big fan of the tripped out hair. It does cover everything. And uh, I think it's interesting. We oftentimes, I think especially as Americans, get a lot of Einstein's later life. Like when he came to America, like yeah. suddenly that's when he becomes relevant to us. Um, to see him in his youth as like a young, bustling guy, like ready to take over the world, that's kind of, it's, it's endearing. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so happy to get to know that other side of him because like you say we have this one sort of college poster picture of the man sticking out his tongue and that's the one way that people see him but there's so much more to him in terms of that youthful energy about being a rebel and breaking the rules I really like to see that yeah let's dive right into the story because there's a lot of story in chapter one um, and it starts kind of gruesome with an assassination uh, and, not and sex it starts with murder and sex basically Einstein's life, guys. This is what we're here to talk about. Uh, life and death. You know, it's happening. Uh, what? How did? It was kind of shocking to me. This, this. Uh, it was. It was not not just racial slurs, not just the gun assassination, not but like also the grenade at the end of it. It was right. just like you will be dead, dead, dead. Yeah. So you know, I knew that this was coming. I knew that Einstein left Europe uh, right on the, the heels of World War II, and so I knew that there'd be some racist elements in it. But what I didn't know is how you say how visceral that initial murder would be, and how close to home it would be to him, and how early on, prior to World War II, that started. So I knew that the, you know things were going on in Germany from like 1932 on, but I didn't realize how close that would get to Einstein's life mm. that early. I think a lot of times, again, as Americans, we enter the war pretty late. In, even sure. in our stories, you know, it's either as America comes in or Nazis have already taken over, Hitler wins second time around kind of situation. What's interesting to me is, like, it hasn't happened yet. Right. And the blatant uh, kind of attitudes everyone takes were like, oh, well, he didn't win. Yes. Of course right. there are crazies out there, but yeah. he didn't win, so don't even really stress it. It's totally fine. This kind of laissez-faire attitude that many people have taken on. And it's only sweet Elsa who is like, we have got to go. It is dangerous. Yeah. Now, she's got her finger on the pulse for sure. And a little side note here, I did not know. So that's his second marriage, Elsa. And of yes. course, we'll get into his whole love life. But uh, I did not know that that was also his cousin. Did you? Yes, I did. Okay. So yes, I, did I did not know that. Uh, but y yeah, I think... For those who were living it in those early days, I think they had to put up with Einstein not being alone, obviously had to put up with a lot of slurs and uh, living in fear all the time mm -hmm. long before the war even started. Yeah, and uh, assassination on the street, and uh, we'll get a little more into that later. Let's transition to, as you say, the sex, the life part of the show, yeah. uh, which was kind of a great, like, 
it gets so, so much insight into Einstein's character because he's trying to talk during sex and she's like, I'm concentrating, shut up. And he's like, no, I have this really great idea. And who knew he was such a romantic? Yes, and what I like about this is also who knew, and I'll be gentle here, that he's also a flawed person. And this is what I like oh, about I knew this. He has a crazy sex life. A, a crazy sex yes. life and several marriages. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thrilled to see that because, again, you have this one understanding of Einstein, at least in the U.S., that he is this sort of saint-like figure because he has melded you know, religion and nature and politics. And we'll talk about all that, how gracefully he's done all that. So you think of him as this sort of peaceful old man, if you will. And I'm not saying he's not peaceful, but, Mm-mm. you know, he's got his his kinky side, too. And so that yes. just shows that he's a full human. And so I'm really looking forward to this show showing us the whole Albert Einstein. Uh, so some things we get with him and Betty in this first uh, scene. Uh, he says, monogamy is not natural. Why right. can't I love you and Elsa? And Betty has this yes. great retort. So says, for a man who understands the universe, he sure don't understand a lot about people. people. Uh, and that's clearly true as we progress through the story. So I think that's funny. He doesn't know a lot about people, but he knows a lot about human nature. And and I'll say, you know, some of his famous quotes um, about how stupid people can be and how, you know, you you can know everything about the universe, but you can't know everything about people because they're just not so so bright. And so he has an understanding about how people act, I think, but he doesn't understand the intimate dynamics between people. It's that unpredictability factor that it just eludes him. He's like, but that's not the most logical choice. And we even see that, I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit here, but he jokes with somebody where he's like, it felt like forever. Obviously, time can't go at two different speeds, so, you know, scratch that, but you understand what I'm saying. And it's like, of course, it's a turn of phrase. Right. But he's very specific, uh, a very literal person, which was interesting. It's it's interesting, but I also, when I think of, you know, professors diving into their books, I think of them as not very good people, mm. people persons. You know, they prefer their books. Like he even says in the beginning, you know, I'm not here for politics. And of course, later we'd see how much he went on to influence politics and uh, the bomb and mm. all that sort of stuff. But, you know, he really wants out of that as much as he can. He says, like, I don't want French. I don't want to go to the zoo. I'm not into zoology. I don't want botany. Like, give me my math and physics. So he would be, I think, very happy just having sex sex here and there and uh and daydreaming yes that's that's what he's about he's he's the poetic scientist yes um in this next scene uh or no transitioning from this scene to the classroom scene he's avoiding a call from someone we're not quite sure who or what relationship that is we'll get into it later but he's very uh adamantly avoiding this call and he goes to teach a class he has a lecture and in that lecture he discusses uh he has a couple questions he says what is time what do how do we discuss motion and it's a function of time this kind of blew my mind these are things that you know you hear sometimes or maybe you learned like once in high school a long time ago maybe discussed it but to hear it laid out in this way mm-hmm. made it very clear to me what we're talking about which is great because i was saying before we got on air physics not my strong suit applied theory not so much like i need like chemistry basic science totally good as soon as they were like so there's going to be additional math and theory i was like i don't we're not together anymore. i cannot it's too far out of my reach. But here I didn't feel I didn't feel lost in, in this great lecture Einstein is giving. So I think that's really an important point. I again I think they're trying to show the human side of Einstein. I felt that they're glossing over is the wrong word, but they're just touching on the science and moving on. They're really telling the story of the person and they're not getting deep into the science. Although when I was going to the Nacio site and looking at some of the quotes that Ron Howard said, he really said that he and first of all, it's amazing. I highly recommend that everybody go to the Nat Geo site because when you see how many people worked on making this happen, mm. I mean, it's just a city in and of itself. But he said he really wanted to treat the filming of it like a classroom because there, he wanted everyone in the production to 
get behind learning about Einstein and learning about uh, the classroom. But I don't think they go into science very much. You know, they leave it very much like anybody can get what we're talking about here. I like that they use science as a way to structure the story. Yeah. Science is only relative as it relates to Einstein's desire to learn. So, and by that I mean he he's interested what what drives him is he needs to know how do things travel through space. Yes. It's like if it's not empty, I believe in other, but I disproved that, but I can't replace that knowledge. And so this entire episode is just his it's it's completely bound together by those questions. Every moment we come back to, he is either making a discovery or re-asking that question. Yes, and I want to get to one of his famous quotes if I can. So imagination is more important than knowledge, one mm. of Albert Einstein's favorite quotes. And I think you see that in his youth. You see how he's constantly questioning, constantly thinking, constantly daydreaming. You know, he's saying like, I imagined I was light and I was traveling and I saw this light travel. And then they play it out in the scene with the bikes, which is so sweet. And then it ends up in that field where they come together. Uh, so you have, again, this idea of Albert Einstein the romantic Albert Einstein but you can see where his mind is always imagining and going beyond which at that time was Newton physics and so he's trying to push that envelope yeah it was really uh it was cool I I liked uh going back to the classroom when he sits the class down and they're talking about this long beam of light traveling through space and encouraging the kids to like sit back and close their eyes and then of course we get just a position of that to 1918 with young Einstein he's learning the laws of sines and cosines in Germany and there's strict repetition and there's no room for thought it's right. just say what the answer is or imagination and go. or expression or, or, or it's anything just wrote yeah spit it out yeah yes uh, you're looking at the windows clearly you couldn't have been paying attention which we now know is ridiculous um, kids listen in all kinds of ways uh I have been to both types of schools, the schools where you just uh, repeat and do as you're told and the imagination kind. I can tell you the imagination kind are much better when you you need to go sit in the reading circle for a few minutes. Like, go do that. It's good times. Um, So I thought Ron Howard made an excellent choice there. Listen to me, Miss Miss Director. But, uh, you know, rather than take the story point by point by point, they fool around with time. Yeah. So they keep going from the future to the past, to the present, to the past, to the present, to the past. And then, of course, there's that great quote that he has past present and future are but a stubborn illusion so i love how ron howard plays with you know he's traveling in his mind really and then it, they take us back to the late 1800s i thought that was great and it kept the story from being slow or too didactic or mm. too literal i think it also explores this idea of the human condition where we're constantly repeating our own mistakes just in different ways um and seeing einstein who's this brilliant man also live in that cycle of just but i love this person but science uh (laughs) but i want to impress you but not at the cost of of truth you know, uh, he he's very deliberate in, again, in how he wants to live his life and what he says. And we get that when his dad comes in and his dad is like, look, you're not going to get anything out of being rebellious. You need to go back. As most sane parents would, would be. Do. Would be right, like, yeah, get your butt back in school, totally. son. I don't know who you, think you are. Cut him some slack. <laughs> uh, yes, he says you need a degree. Um, and then he drops huge, giant bombs. Not only do you need to go back in there, but I will be able to protect you again because my the entire family, except for you, is moving to Italy. Right. And we're bankrupt, so we're not leaving you with much. I, I thought, so this was something else that I didn't know about Einstein, again, which is why I'm so grateful that we're going back to his youth. 
I thought that was a huge blow. And I am surprised. And I, I know it did shape him as a person because he became independent so quickly and so young. And you see that thread throughout his whole life if he's just kind of a loner in a way. I mean, he doesn't treat his marriages really like marriages. You know, yeah. he's kind of in and out of them because that's what's good for him. Uh, so he has that thread throughout his whole life. But what a shocker. And I really, my sort of my heartstrings were tugged there because I was like, wow. It was one of those moments Abandoned. where I felt, I really like when parents test their children uh, in safe, healthy ways. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be the the classic stage mom who's driving your kid to insanity. But I also think that as smart as Einstein was and as disciplined as he could be in the things he wanted to be, I think there's a great lesson in, like, you need to be disciplined in everything. And everything. You need to stay yeah. focused. And at the end of the day, dad was right because he could not weasel. He couldn't talk his way out of. He couldn't test his way out of what he needed to do. He had to first learn the things for a guy who thinks time is relative he also thinks like oh i can just learn things in whatever order and to some extent he can but there's there's a balance and i think i saw a lot of love where the dad's like oh my god my kid is so passionate and so cool but if he doesn't get his life together he's never gonna be the man he needs to be um and i really like that i liked this father-son relationship i like when we can show people struggling even though they love each other and i think and especially without stupid kind of drama where we're yelling and throwing things well, what I liked even more than that is the relationship he has with, I'll call his adopted father, for lack of a better expression. So it just goes to show you how much of life is luck, because I think his secondary family, where he went to learn so he could ultimately get into the Zurich University, is the family that fostered his creativity, that said, the best thing about you is your imagination, and you are here to say your words. And Einstein, at that point, was very much like, oh, nobody ever wants to hear from me. Nobody ever likes what I have to say. Mm. And that new father, if you will, or adopted father, was uh, was like, not at this table. At this table, we want to hear it all. <laughs> and you see that really blossom. And I yeah. think, what would Einstein have been like? Did he not have that experience? Mm. So that was a Ron Howard said one of the things that he loved about the show, uh, Ron Howard said, was that it showed how close we came to not having an Einstein. Yeah, there's constantly these moments where had anything else gone a different way, Einstein wouldn't have been the person we knew him to be. Um, before he becomes a person we know him to be, he decides to go back to school in Germany um, and try. He gives the good old college try. He's like, okay, dad, you said I have to go. And he's experiencing panic attacks. And what I find so interesting about his genius is how he isn't swayed by what the doctor is. The doctor's like, you don't have fever. He's like, but I'm feeling Fine heated. One. He's <laughs> like, you don't understand. Like, I, I know what I'm experiencing. Right. And this is it's really kind of funny to play on, like, we as a, a modern audience know, like, okay, this is a panic attack. Like, you're feeling hot. You're dizzy. You can't concentrate. You're having trouble breathing. Classic signs of a panic attack. But it's not diagnosable yet. And But he's still so firm in his, his knowledge of self and his confidence that he's like, okay, but something is actually wrong here. I'm not crazy. Yeah, and I love that from early on, and you'll see this, of course, as him as an older man as well, he just doesn't listen to other people. And I do love that about him. Yes. So. <laughs> hey, when you're genius, you just got to go for you it. You just don't have to listen to people. <laughs> that is not the case in my life. Gosh darn it. <laughs> so he asked the doctor to deem him physically unfit to finish school, which I did not know was a thing. Um, we also see him get pummeled. I, I found it interesting that boxing was one of the ways that he become an upstanding gentleman in Germany at the time because um, he's just getting the stuffing bee out of him and going to classes he doesn't care about so obviously anyone would leave so he leaves for Italy to study at the University of Zurich Polytechnic um his father's not happy about this. Oh, no. Oh, no. His father's mad in every way, shape, or form. He's mad because he didn't take his advice. He's mad because he's going to Zurich to basically do what he wants and study what he wants rather than get the general engineering degree. And then he's mad that he went to his mother for the money. Mm, and we're not even oh. there yet. This is this is before we even get to that point. Because at this point... Jumping ahead. He, Sorry. He just gets there. And um, 
He finds all the spaces. Uh, nope, those are notes from something else. Uh, okay, so he goes down there, not happy. Mom says, uh, you know, you should let him in, but Dad's not feeling it. Uh, this is when we go back to um, our modern times. We come out because someone has run back into the classroom and says, Walter Rathnow is the person that we saw at the top of right. the show being assassinated. Right. We find out very quickly, close um, this is a very close friend of Alfred's. Betty is, as we said before, knows that they need to get out of Dodge immediately. Elsa. I'm so sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, Elsa knows they need to get out. Elsa also knows about Betty. She says, I know why you need Betty. And it's not to answer your phone calls. Women are not stupid. No. Even Um, (laughs) Albert Einstein should know that women are not stupid and we know what is up. Yeah, that awkward exchange between Betty and uh, Elsa, just through the looks without saying anything, I was like, get out of there, Betty, it's dangerous. Played by Emma Watson, who I think is doing a great job. Yes. Everyone is here. Johnny Flynn, too, young. Yeah. Einstein, so cute is he. Yeah. He's adorable. He's so super sweet. Uh, And I know you have so much to talk about. I'm just going to do a quick tiny interjection here. The makeup on Johnny Flynn. Mm. So hats off to the makeup artist, and that is, one of them is Sunu Misha. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Johnny Flynn in real life is blonde with blue eyes. That's amazing. And so what they did with his hair and wigs and they It's a really good dye job. Absolutely. Whatever they've done, the yeah. color matches his skin totally. tone. You would never you I would never, never think he's, he's a, blonde. a blonde. No. Never, so that's great. Um what I like in this scene is that Elsa is genuinely worried about Albert's Albert's mental health. Um which I don't think we see a lot, especially in this time period. It's usually like man up, get your stuff together, but she says you need to stop and pause. You agree. Yes. Um so I thought that was a really beautiful moment. Um it is, and I thought it showed I was happy to see that he accepted her invitation there. I wasn't sure because she goes yeah. through with open arms. And I wasn't sure if he was just going to, as you say, man up or shut the emotions down and, and cl- close the door on her. But he doesn't. He accepts that invitation. And I'm happy to see, because I don't know this side of Albert Einstein, I'm happy to see that he's capable of that exchange. I think it proves that Albert is a trustworthy, like, protagonist for the show mm-hmm. because at the top he says I could love I love both Hugh and Elsa right. and why can't I have both well let me tell you something <laughs> mister <laughs> well I think it, obviously like that could just be a selfish thing and, and it, not about love but completely about self but I think in Albert Einstein's case like he just generally was like I can love more than one person like this is not a hard like thought for me to conceive of yes and uh, but what's interesting what is a hard thought for him to conceive of is why that's just not going to roll okay so we're, we're back yeah. to how he doesn't get how human beings work or how women work and how society works etc yes so. he's like I'm okay with it but I don't understand why you're not <laughs> why okay you're with not. this get with the program everybody um, we see some uh, Nazi just Nazis they're just Nazis outside uh, saying the revolution is coming and Germany will rise again we learn Einstein is a target when the police stop by. They found his name on part of the paper. They were able right. to kill uh, the guy's assassins, but it's a large group. There, there's not much they can do. Even uh, Elsa points out, you know, like how many? How fringe is it? A hundred, fifty? What are we dealing with here? Right. Yeah. She wants facts. So now she wants him to move to the Baltic Sea. Um, and here we get some more interesting facts about Einstein. He's like, I will not cower in front of bullies. Right, and the, and let them win as mm-hmm. he sees it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although later on in the show, he changes his position because it just gets too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I in that moment, I always just thought it was like, oh, trouble, leave. I didn't know there was a uh, emotional fight for him to stay, even though he doesn't like Germany. There's there's this, and even though he's a staunch uh, internationalist, there's some there's a little bit of nationalist pride there. Of like, this is my lands where my people are from. 
and we're going to stay. Like, nobody's going to kick me out of here. See, I actually didn't take that in the same way because earlier in the show, as you mentioned, he's an internationalist and he's denouncing Germany and he didn't want to go back to Germany for studies. What I felt or interpreted from, from that scene when he's like, I'm not going and then they'd win and I'm not going to kowtow to bullies is... I have my work. Like, I'm an established person here. I'm at the university. I'm not shifting my life, my work, my studies where I teach. I, I felt it more about his work. Interesting, because he than... didn't seem too hung up on staying to teach. Like, it wasn't like, but what about my classes or anything? It was all about the bullies and these these awful yes, people kind right. of invading. Yes. Um, and, you know, he's got, he's got job offers everywhere. And, True. And, and, and as he's proven, he kind of just needs his imagination to get from one point to the other. Uh, there's an interesting scene with... Uh, I'm going to say the name wrong. I think it's Fritz Harber, um, who is a Jewish-born but converted scientist. Fascinating. Great conversation about whose side are you really fighting on. Uh, he was a soldier in World War I. Um, and Einstein converted, is kind of... Yeah, and it converted to Christianity. Uh, Einstein does not think that he's a war hero or should call himself a war hero. Uh, and he certainly thinks that he's turned his back on his people. Right. Um, right. He says, and good old Fritz is like, dude, they didn't win the party. They, Your friend is getting a national holiday for his funeral. Germany is good. You don't need to worry. And Einstein's like, you're not seeing paying attention. Facts. Right. You're not seeing the facts. It, uh, it's fascinating to me because I think of Einstein as someone who is not religious, mm. although someone who's spiritual. So I think he has said before that he doesn't believe in a personal God, but something must connect everything. There's a great uh, quote. Let me see if I can find it from the show about religion. Nature is God. All things are connected and every question must have a definite answer. That's right from the show. So he has this sense of spirituality, but I never thought of him as sort of identifying as Jewish in the religious sense. Um, I don't, was, I'm not sure that he does. I'm not sure he does either. It might be just heritage. Yeah. Uh, at least from from a lot of my Jewish friends I'm talking to them about, you know, uh, the difference between religious studies and cultural studies or, or just lifestyles in general. Like, to be culturally Jewish is the thing that you're you're born into. Like, the religion is the practice part of it. Everything else is, is family, it's blood, it's who you are. Um, and I definitely see how he, it's clear he's close to us. Even if he's, he doesn't agree with his family a lot of time, he, he loves them and he craves their attention. So yeah. I'll be interested to see if they get more into that, if maybe a holiday brings him maybe a little bit closer to the fold. Like, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that changes throughout his life. Yes, me too. I'm interested to see how so many of these things are con- going to progress. I mm. mean, as a little side note, Ron Howard and National Geographic have really bitten off something huge here. So yeah. I commend them for one first scripted series that they've ever done and then taking on this kind of topic, which kind of, when I think about it, I think like, I can't, can't believe no one did this before. But maybe yeah. because it is so grand. Like, we all have this one general concept of Albert Einstein as this, you know, warm, magnanimous, brilliant person, the brilliant person, right, that, that we all think of. And there's so much to discover here. So just like you're saying, I'm really interested to see where he goes also culturally and then how he veers towards the war and the bomb. Mm. And then more, obviously, more sex life is coming. And, <laughs> and his idea of fidelity and what that means to him, because I don't think he sees it as cheating. We've sort of touched on this yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Absolutely. Uh, the next scene we get was really emotional for me because it, it just was hitting at a lot of different angles um, and mirrored a lot of what's happening currently and was freaky. Uh, and that's the funeral scene juxtaposed yes. with this yes. very fiery 
not political because it's it's a lecture, but it's also a very political statement. And I'm not giving you guys the day off from class. Right. And not only that, but I'm going to say we're celebrating this man's death. This is Professor Leinard who um, wanted to kick Einstein out of, uh, he said his theory of relativity uh, was an affront to science. And he believes not in theory, but in practice. Um, the difference being, in order for him to believe it, he needs to touch it, he needs to be able to prove it uh, in front of his own eyes. Whereas Einstein was proving things mathematically. He was using theories and numbers to get to a, a final conclusion. And it's kind of interesting to me, that that was the kind of German nationalism that ro- that rise that rose up, and maybe that that's what more insulted Einstein than anything else was this idea of like it's it's got to be in the practice. It's not about imagination. It's not about thought. It's about what's practically here. Right, and that intellectually they were stifling. They yes. were really trying to hold things back, and they just didn't want to see what was already accepted practice Newtonian physics be toyed with, mm-hmm. and that they took that to be. So this is fascinating to me how, and we keep doing this, people. We do it like every time mm-hmm. there's a war, uh, how they're bringing in science and politics to be one thing. So in that lecture, in that classroom, he's really saying this is an affront to Germany, mm-hmm. that German uh, physics will no longer be if we uh, let someone like Einstein come in and play with these fantasies. Well, and then that he, he has. spews into this crazy nonsense of like, and then the foreigners will take over. And, and then I was like, where, where is are this? the foreigners? You just, <laughs> yes. you just added nowhere. We're like, and also, I think he's referring to the Jewish people there. He like, they're not with us. Where they're the foreigners. Yeah, but but also that's just like anyone, anyone who right. isn't one of us, anyone that's who doesn't right. apply to that practical sense of science is not one of ours. And it was. It was just too eerily similar. So uh, you bring up a great point. I was hoping that we'd get to this. It is fascinating to me how what we're seeing basically 1930s is mirrored with what's going on today and how you can have, you know, people in the White House who don't believe in climate change or perhaps denouncing science or maybe the EPA, our trusted EPAs, which, by the way, was put in by a Republican, Richard Nixon, Republican, started the EPA. So you can have the EPA getting just sledgehammered Mm. out of its budget and... uh, a bunch of national parks up off to be just removed from the protection like list. making no sense at all. Oh, boy. So uh, it's frightening that, like, I guess just like Einstein, maybe we don't really learn from our mistakes and we keep doing the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And we see that, I don't think, any more clearly than in how the funeral wraps up. We've got people coming on there like, oh, gosh, it's Einstein. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you. We see protesters come up that little boy who wants yes. the autograph yes yeah. this is this is a horrifying moment of he, he's literally running from a child i know a child who then only wants his autograph because I he doesn't know. understand the violence that is happening and then his father spits in this guy's like his hero's face i'm gonna grow up and be just like you and then you yo, yeah oh my god it happens so fast and it was so emotionally raw And horrifying. Yes. And, you know, I have to say, since you talk about emotionally raw, I'm really looking forward to seeing that be heightened in the episodes to come. Mm. Because, you know, we have so much that's, as we say, politics, religion, and sex, and violence, and war, and bombs. So it's all coming down the pipeline. And I'm really looking to see that emotional choking almost coming from Jeffrey Rush playing Einstein. uh, Which I think will probably be there, given the fabulous cast and script that we have. But, uh... I mean, he kept it together pretty well. You could see the terror in his face, but he went right home and he was like, yep, gotta go. You were right. <laughs> we're out of here. Uh, yes, he, he does. He comes after he goes to the general store and sees that my confidence there. And he's like, it's only because, you know, and he sends something off. The guy's not speaking at all. He's like, oh, my customers requested it. What could I do? I and Einstein's this. like, 
and that's the moment we need to leave. Like, the minute it becomes acceptable, well, where good people are like, there's nothing I could do. You can't be protected anymore. Right, and when Einstein says right back to him, everybody has a choice. Yes. So don't give me that your people wanted this or your customers wanted this book, Mein Kampf, right here on the uh, countertop. Everybody has a choice. The and shame I'm, you feel from this should yes. be a, a good notion, notice to you that this is not a good thing. And so what I noticed in that, so it's a, just a tiny detail, but he uh, didn't get his change. He was so disgusted that he was like, yeah, I'm not taking my change back from you. I'm I'd leaving. rather leave. I'd rather leave. Let's move on to something better. Okay. Because All right. we get some rosy sunshine moments in here. And this is when, as we already spoke about, Einstein goes to take this test. It fails everything but the two subjects he's interested in. I love it. And, but you get this professor, and my bless professors like this, yes. who are like, okay, I see that you're talented and you're smart. We can't let you slide on things, but I can give you a safe space to go learn until you're ready to come back next year and, and do it the right way. And so he sends them to the Winterlands. What did you think about them? Well, so we talked about this a little bit before. I loved them. And it just <laughs> said to me, oh, my gosh, what a twist of fate. And would we have had Einstein had he not fallen into this lovely yeah. family that is all about imagination and open dialogue and bring your thoughts and be a rebel and disrupt the norm and think big and speak loudly. And so I thought, what a joy for him to get what he can't get <laughs> from his own family. And another tiny point there before I let you no, go, go, go and speak. Um just goes to show you sort of that classic expression, it does take a village to raise a child. You know, yes. his parents did so well by him, but mm. they can't be everything to everybody. Yeah. And just when Einstein needs it, he lands where he needs to be. And I knew he was doomed as soon as Marie opened the door. I was like, oh, uh, well, yeah. here's our oh, love. Yeah. She's this gorgeous blonde. So, yes, uh, right. And then she's smart and, and she's can crack right back at him and keep up with him. And um, I do love that at least the sense that we get about all of Einstein's love so far is that they're all super smart. Yeah, he ain't wasting time on dummies. Okay, like he, he's not here for your physical appearance. He's here for the brain. Um, so We think. Yeah. Well, it might be a combination of both. probably both. Yes. I mean, he hasn't done bad in that department either, so he's cool. Um, <laughs> he winds up wooing Marie in the field with his, his crazy light theory as he's traveling on the bikes, and she's like, is that it? He's like, so far, yes, but I'm working on it, and yeah. clearly I'm brilliant, and I'm young, and I'm beautiful. You should love me. Um, he, uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, so he... He learns a lot from them. He goes on to do great things. He goes back and takes the test. Does great in everything but French, um, which is passable. It, it right. is elementary. I, I thought the French was pretty good, actually. It was all right. <laughs> didn't use the right tense for some of the words, but the professor was like, get in there. Yeah. Go learn. Um, yeah. And it's amazing. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, so then after that, before he goes... No, no, no. After he takes a test, he's with his uncle and his father in their shop. He is helping them fix something with his physics brain that his dad didn't necessarily think he needed. It was brilliant. So I love this scene, too, because it's when he confronts his father. And you knew that this had to come at some point. Mm. And, you know, he says, don't think I'm going to go into engineering. I'm not. I'm, I want to but be a physicist. you have such an aptitude for it, That's son. That's right. But you have such an aptitude for it, son. And he says, no, I'm not going to do it. And, in fact, I, I really can't tell you. I can't have you telling me what to do anymore. Mm. My life is my own. The best lesson you ever taught me was to be independent early on. I've asked mom for money. She's giving it to me. I'm Not going even to mom, study but mom's I'm... family. And right. mom didn't right. know. Like she I like, didn't know? Yeah, he says, because his dad turns around and is like, now maybe he lied and covered up for his mom. But the sequence of events was, dad turns back to mom and says, did you know about this? And Einstein jumps in and says, no, she, she didn't. She didn't. Right. You're right. You're so right. So, I, although she sort of seemed to know. They sort of be like, uh, I we don't want to talk her, about maybe. this. Right, yes, so it could, yeah. it could easily be like don't take yes. it out on her I yes. did this I'm leaving anyway you yeah. can hate me yeah. um, 
I, what I liked before we get to the blow up is that they're pushing for marriage. They're like, oh, you're so sweet with her. And so I was talking to her mother, and we really like the courtship. And I was like, marriage? What are you talking about? Stop rushing. I'm I've doing got, things. I've got life questions to answer. <laughs> I've got the universe to figure he out, needs people. all of the answers, which, what a heart-melting line. I'm going to yeah. find those answers I'm out. I'm going to find those answers. Oh, my God, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've, it says, my, my future is mine and mine alone. Um, Granny's gonna pay for everything, um, which also sheds some light on the father who is just running from broken down business to broken down business. You think you're smarter than me? He is smarter than you. It's okay. He, he just is smarter um, in so many ways. In yes. so many ways. Yes, but it's so you have that male ego. Uh, dichotomy there. The two of them are sort of going at it. And again, I think this is a natural thing for most fathers and sons. Oh, sure. At some point, you separate from one another and there's this competition going on. But uh, the father is a bit jealous, I almost want to say. He's absolutely mm-hmm. sit over there with your crazy people in Switzerland. What's happened to you? Right. Um, I like what... Uh, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but time's relative, so deal with us. Um, time uh, is relative, people. If you get one thing out of this show, it's that time is relative. <laughs> Mr. Winterland has some great parting words to Alfred. He says, their knowledge is their weakness, while your imagination yes. is your gift. Yes. And I want that etched on my body because it's yeah. so beautiful and kind of... Uh, I think makes you feel a little limitless. Yes. Like if you can dream it, you can be it, and it's like a anything really great... is possible. Yeah, anything is possible. Yes, and I love that family for that. Yes, for fostering that in him. Um, so what order do we want to do these things in? Let's go to uh, Maleva. Yes, Marich, Merit, who's the only person to score higher than Einstein love at it. Zurich, and who, when Einstein said, "Oh, I was looking for the physics class," read him up one way love and down it. the other oh, yeah. with her knowledge, even so much into bringing somebody who has irrelevant thoughts, ancient, ancient thoughts, was like, "Yeah, but without him, we wouldn't have this guy or this guy or him or him, and then you wouldn't be here in a physics class, so you can go Kiss to hell." My ass, baby. Exactly. So what I loved about this was the foreshadowing of quantum physics because mm. she talks about the uh, myth, it, through mythology in the eye we have vision because they because created uh, Aphrodite fire in, created fire and in, put it in your, your eye. eye and then they go on to talk about how physicists picked up from that mm-hmm. and how there's only so much that an eye can see but there's more going on in the universe than the eye can perceive and so that's kind of I'm not a scientist, and I welcome all the but people you that the chat. That well, come on, no, that was all great. the people that chat can sort of diss on me here. But that's kind of the basis of quantum physics: is yeah. that if you can, what you can see, what your mind can perceive, is only one iota of what's actually going on in the universe, and so much is happening at a quantum level. So I love that foreshadowing that mm. she gives us to what he's going to ultimately give a platform to. Yes, and after that brutal, brutal reading, we come back into the present and learn like. That's his ex crazy lady. That is the person <laughs> yeah, he's yes. been avoiding the phone call with yes. since the very, very first moment of this show. And I so want to know what, about that. I want to know so, about their relationship. How do they get together? What do they study? Why is she calling? And then we get all this other new information with a little bit later that, you know, maybe she's involved in some things. Yes. Communist things. And to her credit, it seems like she might be on the right side of that equation. Yep. We, we're not so sure yet. But so I feel like a dope because I am so fascinated with the life of Albert Einstein. Again, the man as much as the scientist. Mm. Um, but I did not know that he played a violin and I did not know that he was married twice. I knew that he was married and had cheated and quite a bit. I didn't know he was married 
twice. So I, yeah. was, I was, you know, excited to learn or fascinated to learn that this was a first wife. Yeah, it'll be interesting to me like, how long. I, I could look these things up, but I kind of want the show to reveal it to me. It's As fun well. to watch right. everything unfold. I, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, should I Google? Oh, I'll hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figure I'll do, well, maybe at the, our last episode, we'll do a fact check okay. episode where we can maybe see how accurate the show was. But for right now, I'm just really enjoying this journey. Um, our last scene is General Raymond Geis, who is our friend from Mad Men. Yes, who Vincent Carth. Pfizer you have from. a very challenging last name, Vincent, but every time you show up, you're gold. You're so fun. You are so fun and gold. I like that. Yeah, yeah no, really he's a, he's an amazing gold. actor. Yeah. Uh, no one can play, uh, pardon my French a little bit here, but like, no one plays a douchebag quite like Vincent. Like, he plays, and he doesn't have a heart of gold, and yet you still kind of like him. I know he's swarmy, and it's yet you weird. really just want him to yeah, succeed. I, I don't know how. how he balances those those two feelings, but he's he does like it a so well. Somehow, there's something a little slippery about. But him, there's but also, yeah. I think, there's a um, like like here in, in his role as General Raymond Geist, it's sincere. Like it, it isn't slimy for slimy's sake. Like he has very direct purposes. He's like, I've been given a orders. mission yeah. by J. Edgar Hoover to figure out who the hell you are before I let you into my country. Absolutely. And as slimy as that can be for my side, when he's like, yeah. I was invited into your country. Like I don't know why yeah. you're even questioning. Right, you came me. to me, folks. Yeah, yeah, like I'm a genius. Okay, you might look around you here. Get with the and program. Oh, uh, and nothing pissed me off more when I. He was like, Yeah, but why would you want to leave here? He's like, Have you looked around, around? here? Yeah. I don't need a lesson on German politics. I wouldn't like, give you one. You're not smart yeah, enough to, to be, be in my, my class. class. If these, if this fight lasts for most of next episode, I'll be fine with it. It was fun watching the yes, two of them was. spar. Yes. I, I would love... I mean, I'll try to get Vincent in here, guys, because I would love to talk to him about working with Jeffrey Rush Noted. and what that is like. Noted. Um, uh, it looks like we might be having some guests. Maybe some ooh. executive producers might be hopping on the show. Oh, my God. Time. We'll keep you posted, people, because that'd be super <laughs> fun. But I will uh, try to get Vincent on the show, because that would be great as well. Yes. Um, so uh, Raymond Geist asks Alfred, Alfred Einstein and his wife... What is your political creed? And from what we know, Einstein, not too interested in political creeds. No, and here we are again seeing how science is going to overlap with politics, with religion, with culture, with war. All the things he didn't want anything to do with. So uh, just fascinating, fascinating. And I'm just so appreciative that Nat Geo has taken us on this journey. Yeah, and he's also a man without a country. We see he applies to denounce his German citizenship when he's a child. he did that, yes. Before before we get to the Nazi craziness, he's like a a young man. And he's like, no, I want to be a man. Another thought the crazy Swiss people put in his head. Um, Yeah, no, he's like, don't define me. And I don't want any barriers or borders mm-hmm. around me. And he am- says, that's crazy. You don't have a passport now. How we get around? Luckily, he lives in very connected uh, Germany or Europe, so he's able to travel well, easily. Well, you know the Swiss. They're like, you know, everybody's friend. They, mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and basically, the end lesson of that is Hoover does not trust Einstein. He doesn't think he's loyal because you don't, you don't pledge faith to a country, which we know for J. Edgar Hoover, uh, pledging yourself to the establishment is the ideal. That is the right. ideal citizen. Is right. You believe in the establishment. You give your life back to it. It supports right. you. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover strongly believes in that and will spy until he can prove that that's what you're doing. Right. This is a little <laughs> bit of a foreshadowing of McCarthyism. You know, we're yes. getting to really early on of, like country first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting. It's clear that they're going to have to work somewhat with Raymond. Because they want out. now. So Maybe they gonna... can call some big wigs at Princeton yeah. and they can call their senators and get some things done. But we're not there yet. Right now, they're still in Germany. They still have questions to answer. But they need to get out of there because it's dangerous. So what are you hoping for in the coming? What are your, your well, predictions? Well, why don't we get or... into some predictions? All right. Well, then why don't we? <laughs> and now, well, my fair music. 
Yes, predictions for next week. Uh, I uh, as I already said, I really want the fighting. I need, I need, I, he watching him do verbal battle with people, especially knowing how much more intelligent he is than most yes. of the people he'll be confronting. I think just as an audience member, that's just it's, it's easy laughs right there, and I I like that. Um, I'm looking. God, the cinematography here was so beautiful, so lovely. It's such a well shot show. I, I'm really hoping for more of that. The the Wheatfield, though, I thought was a little corny. Really worked uh, cinematically, um, and I liked that. I want to see his wife, me, like talk more about the. Love. I want to get more of a sense. Like it's clear she's not happy with Betty, but we also know this happens multiple times. And par- partners make exceptions for one another. Different relationships have different rules. I'd like to get an idea of what her boundaries are. Yes, so I'm very much in the same boat. I want to see what's going on, all the nitty-gritty in the U.S., Mm. all that sort of spy Manhattan project. I know that that's coming, so I really can't wait to get into that. That's probably going to be a little bit more down the road. Mm -hmm. But in in the um, subsequent, immediate episodes, I really want to know more about... You know, I keep saying sex life, but I don't mean that so flippantly. I really want to know the intricacies of the love life. Is it love? Are there feelings there? What's driving him to go outside his marriage? Is he just a modern marriage? day sex addict? The kind of guy who's like, I have everything, so I should get everything? Yes, like what is it? Is it sh- purely biology that's pushing him? Mm. Is it intellectual challenges? He needs more voices, female voices. Does Is it just a release? I don't know. I really want to understand, again, the intricacies of this love and affection and then the rules that he breaks and how mm. he's reprimanded for that because he can't get away with everything. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try to do, because it's, it's a history show, and I was just so so enwrapped in this first episode, but I think I'd like to maybe get you guys some side-by-side pictures next week so we can see what does this real person look like and maybe... Oh, that's good. Um, I don't want to do too much research on Einstein himself, but maybe I can get you guys some notes on what this person did outside of the role we currently see them in, just because there's a rich knowledge. And because it's Nat Geo, I think, again, like I was saying earlier, back when TLC was TLC and we were getting really good quality educational programming. Ooh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a very long time ago. But it was a lot of fun, uh, sure. I think, to, to to get really good information in the same way that sometimes PBS is able to deliver us yes. really accurate historical information in very entertaining yes. entertaining. Uh, venues. I think that we can do that here. I want to see how accurate they are. Can we trust Nat Geo's scripted or are they pulling more of a history channel where they get flippant with, with well, facts? I think they're going directly from Walter Isaacson's book here, Einstein, yes. His Life and Universe. So mm-hmm. I think it's they're praying to be pretty true to the history, but of course they're probably going to take some We're going to hold their feet liberal, to the fire yes, and see right, how close they do. Good for us. <laughs> so I have a quick question for you yes. before we go because I, I don't know where, this is only my second show people, so I don't know where, is that our clock? That is our to? clock. So we are on... We're getting close. Time. Time. Okay, what what are you hoping for personally out of this show? And I'll just answer it for myself so you sort of know what I mean by that. I'm really looking forward to getting more of the sense of what science and religion are for him. So mm. he was so formative of, of being agnostic and yet being pro the harmony of science and religion mm. together. And to my knowledge, the only scientist that is not an atheist and who still believes there's harmony to be seen between those two domains. So I'm really looking forward to that personally, exploring intellectually that concept. What about you? What I'm interested in is a lot less about Einstein and a lot more about the women that surround him. We've seen so many women, um, and it's clear the men gave him a start, but the women kind of kept him afloat, yes. um, kind of pushed him to be more. Mm-hmm. I think guys were kind of like, oh my gosh, you're smart, and you're witty, and you're funny, and it's the boys club, and we like you, and all of that. Whereas the women are like, we see you think you're smart. 
Right. But we, 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 they all read him. And I think that he likes that kind of pushback. Challenge. Um, and I think these women have important places in history, but we don't know too much about them. I'm looking forward to getting to know them on a more kind of personal level. Yes, yes. Okay, Natsu, please deliver because we want more. <laughs> we have a lot. We're very demanding. Um, but I do want to say thank you guys so much for joining us for our very first after show for Genius. This has been an incredible ride. Um, until next time, where can they find you? Oh, absolutely. You guys can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Dinner Party C. HGO, and I'm still like the only person in the building who's on Facebook. You can find me there at Elizabeth <laughs> with a YS Alfano and the dinnerparty.tv. Hey guys, I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. If you head over to the site right now, you can check my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'll have an interview next week with W. Kemal Bell from CNN's uh, um, United Shades of America, which I'm really excited about, and uh, you know, talking about Supergirl and Raul Coley, who is my future husband. So until next time, Join us back here next week. Thanks, guys. Later, After Buzzers. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Well, I mean, I'm really excited for you. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.